Scripture reading is coming from Matthew 7, uh, verse 1 through 6. You can follow along on your Bibles or the screen above. Hear now the word of God. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Amen. Good morning, 1030. Good to see all of you. Just uh, catch my breath. It's not as bad as uh, Pastor Hudson last week. He literally walked in last week at the other site as Pastor Chris was finishing up his scripture passage. And so just to get it out there, Pastor Chris doesn't have any problems reading. Last week he was reading it like very slowly. It was because we had to time it because Pastor Hudson Wanjie was coming in kind of late. So just in case you thought Pastor Chris has speech impediment or something like that, just wanted to throw that out there. Um, here at New Mercy, we've been going through sermon, sermon on the Mount, perhaps called the greatest sermon um, series that Jesus Christ preached during his time. And so for the past four weeks, Pastor Wanjie and Pastor Key have taken out um, four topics within the Sermon on the Mount, which shows up in Matthew 5 to end of Matthew 7. And we've been really looking at the Word of God and why He preached on certain topics, what He said, and why these were so important. So we've covered some of the um, topics, like what it means to be blessed, to flourish in the world, right? Um, What it means to be salt and light, loving enemies or giving to the poor or prayer and fasting and why uh, we need to not worry. Today we get into this topic of judging others. Um, And if you look at the Sermon on the Mount, it's really about kingdom ethics. Ethics here not referring to what I just do or don't do, but ethics is an action as well as an internal state of being. Our souls and our mind, how we think, how we perceive the world, and also how we act. What Christ wants us, what he uh, believes is right in God's perspective, what it means to live in his kingdom here on earth. So today we get to chapter 7, and we are going to dive deeply into this topic on judging others. So let us pray, and let's invite the Spirit to join us. Lord, we know that your heart breaks for what breaks ours. We thank you for your such amazing love and your unending grace. As we learn from your teachings today, may we see from your perspective, and may we become one with your heart, especially in regards to judging other folks in our lives. So, Lord, we thank you for this time. May your spirit move us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. A few weeks ago here at Hackensack, we had a marriage seminar, and Pastor Lisa and I do this annually, but this year we decided to kind of switch it up a little bit. So the first seminar was just for wives only. So we had like about 25, 30 wives in there. And then I, as the, the token representative of all you husbands, 
had to speak on our behalf, right? Uh, some of the things that men complain about or some of the things that we struggle with, but it was mostly also to just assess our marriages. What are some of the struggles that are general, some very specific, and what we can do about them. And the second week, we flipped it, where Pastor Lisa, as representative of a woman, as a wife, spoke to just the husband only. And I thought to myself, man, what's the best case scenario here out of the seminars is that husbands and wives go home, they repent, they apologize, and they start to change one or two behaviors in their life, in their marriages that they really need to fix and that they can't fix within their control. And then I thought, what's the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is, let's say, a husband goes home and says, hey, that marriage seminar by Pastor Lisa was amazing, and I learned three things, that critical things that I need to change about myself. But guess what? I learned 15 things about things that you're doing wrong that you need to fix, right? Imagine how that conversation is going to go. The reality is the reason why we have these issues in our relationship, whether it's marriage or not, in our friendships, in, in our parent-child relationship, is that we easily judge other people. We easily assume that what I'm thinking, what I'm doing, the way that I've been thinking, the way that I've been doing things is the right way to do things, right way to think. And therefore, you need to adapt to my way or you're wrong. We often think that because part of it is pride. Part of it is the self-righteousness that we all have in our lives. And so if a husband went home and said, hey, I learned something about myself, but guess what? There's so much more that you need to fix. That would defeat the purpose of going to such seminar. Why? Because that's not what we're looking for. We're, not looking, we're looking for a deep reflection about ourselves, about the things that we need to change, the things that we need to correct in our lives. The more we get to know others, the more likely we will judge them. Is just the philosophy of life. That's the truth. Imagine when we first met our spouse or our boyfriend, girlfriend, and we're like, oh, he's so nice and generous and so handsome, right? You meet the woman, and you're like, she's so beautiful inside out. Hopefully, you felt like that at least once in your lifetime, right? And then what? Months go by, and you're like, oh, she eats like this, and it's kind of my pet peeve. And then he says these things that are not encouraging, and it's kind of harsh, And then years go by, whether you're married or not, and you realize, oh, man, she has so many problems. And he's like, oh, he has so many problems. Why? That's true of our friends, too. The more we get to know other human beings, no matter how great they are, the more we get to know, the more flaws that we're going to see, and the more flaws that we see, more judgmental we become to this person. Because we can't help it. Or can we? What we see initially in other people is what's wrong with them before what is right with them. Isn't that true? Just assess your life. Analyze your relationship. As our imperfections are revealed, we become more critical of other people. I thought about it this way. What if we all had to wear a a, a poster around our neck right, or a t-shirt that said, here are the top three things that I've done wrong in my life. Three big mistakes. One, two, three. And other people get to see it. How many of us would want them to judge us according to these three things only? 
No one. But that's what we do with others, don't we? We see a glimmer of their life, the glimpse of what's happened in their life and what's wrong, what they've done wrong. 20 seconds, a day, a week, an event, one experience, and we say, oh, this coworker sucks. And it's a period. My boss, dot, 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 my, my spouse, my children. That comes way before reflecting upon our own lives and things that are wrong in us that we need to work on. As our imperfections are revealed, the truth is we become more critical of other people. Our self-righteousness and our pride blinds us. The critical spirit bombards our lives every day, and there is no exception, me included. Every one of us has this self-righteousness and pride that blinds us from the truth. The present fact is that people are by nature critical and condemning. As the experience of certain young bachelor illustrates this well, there was a young bachelor, um, he wanted to really get married, so all the girlfriends that he seriously dated, he would bring her home, the potential wife figure. But every time he brought her home, the mother would criticize her. Here's what's wrong with her. Here's why she doesn't deserve you. Here's why she doesn't deserve our family. And over and over again, it doesn't matter who he brought, the mom would just pounce on this woman, and she's ready to give her criticism. So he got so frustrated one day, he's, you know, at his wit's end. So he went to a friend and said, hey, can you give me any advice? And the friend had a great advice. Let's just try this for fun. Whether you like this woman or not, find the woman that looks just like your mom, acts just like your mom, thinks just like your mom, that your mom, when she sees this woman, is like, oh my goodness, she is just like me. Let's find that woman and bring her home for dinner and see what happens. So that's what this bachelor did. And guess what happened? That's exactly what happened. The mother fell in love with this woman. And so when this bachelor went to his friend who gave the advice and said, you know, guess what happened at home the other night? And the friend said, yeah, tell me. What was she like? He's like, this woman was like exactly like my mom. And my mom understood that this woman was just like her too. And she loved her. But the problem was my dad couldn't stand her. You know? <laughs> That's like the reality that we live in. We go around, we think in our mind that if we find somebody that's just like me, looks like me, acts like me, thinks like me, is in spirit with me, then we will like fall in love with this person and we will adore this person. The reality is far from the truth, right? And when we see somebody who's so different from us, who thinks differently, who's of different color, who acts differently, of different education level, financial status, looks, then we say, ah, they're not good enough for me. And we judge. We point fingers way before we assess our own lives. In today's passage, Jesus begins his sermon with some strong, powerful words. Sermon on the Mount is topical, right? He talks about this topic, he moves on to the next topic, next topic. He goes to this topic of judging others, and this is how he starts off. He says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. Those are some strong words. He continues, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. 
And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The measuring stick in which that you use to judge other people is the same measuring stick God's saying, I'm going to use to measure you. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty in your face. And when Jesus spoke these words and these images and these ideas, it was very quite familiar to the Jews who would have been the, uh, attending this service and listening to this sermon. Many a time, the rabbis warned people against judging others, and this was a very important part of their life and their culture. They had a saying, He who judges his neighbor favorably will be judged favorably by God. Some of us may think, what's the big deal? I mean, we all judge, so why is it one of the foundational uh, uh, message that Jesus Christ preaches on, teaches on? And why would even the Jewish leaders consider this so important? There must be a reason. In fact, the Jewish leaders used to teach that there were six great works which brought a person credit in this world and profit in the world to come. Meaning, there are six sacred duties, holy duties, religious duties, moral duties that we all need to partake in. One, you need to read the Word of God and study the Word of God. Right? Two, you need to teach the law and the Word of God to our children. Okay? Three, hospitality. Four, visiting the sick. Five, devotion and prayer. And six, thinking the best of other people. It was so important that it was sacred to think of other people, to think of the best in other people, to give the assumption, benefit of the doubt to other people was not just something we do because we want to or because we like to and because it makes a nice, peaceful, harmonious community. No, he's saying this is sacred, this is holy, this is spiritual matter. Now some of you say, well, you shouldn't give benefit of the doubt to everybody in every context, every situation. True. You're in a very dark alley somewhere in a dangerous city at midnight. You probably shouldn't give people who randomly come up to you benefit of the doubt, right? If you're in an abusive relationship, physical, sexual, verbal, and this is constant, you probably shouldn't give benefit of the doubt and it's going to be very difficult, if impossible, to think the best of the other. And you probably shouldn't. But that's not the context in which Jesus Christ is preaching this message. He's talking generally in our lives. Don't we judge other people before we assess and, and analyze our lives? What he's talking about is judgment of a different type. Some of us might think, wait, isn't Jesus being hypocritical though? Because if you look at this passage, he judges. He says, don't judge. But by saying that, isn't he judging people who are judgmental? He's saying, you pigs, you dogs, you don't deserve this. Jesus, what are you doing? You're name calling now and you're, you're making fun of people, you're criticizing and you're, you're condemning certain type of people who are judgmental and you're saying, don't judge. Isn't that hypocritical? Isn't that a contradiction? Well, not really if you fully understand the context in which Jesus Christ is preaching this message and the definition of judgment that Jesus is using. See, in Greek, the word judge here is krino, and it's used 28 times in the New Testament, and it's translated in various ways, just like in the English word judge, we use it in different manners, in different contexts. And there's various definitions in the Bible that this, the word krino, judging others or judging yourself, is used. 
is used 20 times, 13 times as judgment, seven times as damnation, five times as condemnation, one time to be condemned, one to go to the law, one to avenge. So I want you to understand that there's a various way to define judging. But the word that is used here is judging in condemnation, judging harshly of other people. I think there are two main categories of definitions when we talk about judging. One, there's a category of defining judgment or judging others as means of evaluation. I'm judging. I'm assessing. I'm analyzing. And then there's the second family definition, which is means of condemnation. Judging as an act of condemning and being judgmental. Here in this context, Jesus is using the word to talk about the latter. Condemnation. John Stott puts it this way. To judge here in Matthew 7 is not to assess critically, but judge harshly. And that's what Christ is preaching against. For those of you who are judging other people harshly, not assessing, analyzing, you need to fix that. Because by the same means, same measure, you too will be judged. So Jesus does not mean that we are not to evaluate people at all. He does not mean that we have to deem all actions acceptable. In fact, there are people who say, you're a Christian, you shouldn't criticize anybody, right? You should never condemn anybody for anything. We should never evaluate anything at all, moral relativism. What you think is right because it's your life. What you do is just you, your life, so it's okay. And I'll just think my way and I'll do my thing. Moral relativism. That's not what Christ is preaching and supporting. We live in a day when the doctrine of tolerance, doctrine of tolerance, which is very, very crucial, essential, and important in our life. But this doctrine of tolerance has become the ultimate standard of what is politically correct and how we should live our lives. So even among some denominations and churches and communities, we say, judge not. Like, we're not allowed to judge anything. There's no right and wrong. That community thinks that way because, and it's okay, we should leave them alone. No. There's clear right and wrong in the biblical sense. Christ preaches it. There are times when he goes to the marketplace outside of the church, and he flips the tables. And he says, you hypocrite. And he curses at his disciples. He yells, there is condemnation all throughout the Bible. So clearly Christ is not saying we cannot, uh, we shouldn't access what is right and what is wrong. And therefore everything is just the way it should be. No, that's not what he's saying. We should judge in the sense that we should assess what is right and wrong. But for those who take a stand against sin, there's a problem when those, those who take a stand against sin is rebuked and scorned and ridiculed all the time. In our message today, we are going to see that Jesus did not speak the word, judge not in the way that are used today often. When we say, I believe in Christ, so I think that is wrong. And someone says, oh, John, you're a Christian. You're not supposed to judge. Well, that's not what Jesus is talking about. Let's take what's going on in Charlottesville for a second. Horrible. It is the epitome of what's going on throughout the nation in our country. Political divides, but more than that, racial hatred, right? Social biases, harming each other, hurting each other. There's a clear right and wrong. 
Jesus Christ, if he was here today, would not look at what's going on in Charlottesville and say, oh, you know what? We're not supposed to judge, so let's leave some of these neo-Nazi folks alone and be silent against what they're doing. No, that's not what he would do. He'd be down there in the middle of the protest, probably flipping tables himself and condemning what's going on, what's wrong. Because when there is pure hatred, we are to condemn them. We are to assess and say, this is wrong. Right? Jesus would expect us to assess and evaluate what's going on around us and call out the evildoers and evil actions. And he would be furious at the perpetrators of abuse and violence. So let's be clear about what Jesus is saying, what he's not saying. He's saying we need to assess, judge. But he's saying, if you are there just to condemn others, right? we're there just with critical eyes. That's what Christ wants us to be careful of. So this message is still relevant addressing a problem that is still with us today. And I want to ask uh, you, ask myself, what about you today? How critical are you of your spouse? Do you give them benefit of the doubt? Do you give her benefit of the doubt? What is the difference at the end of the day between judging in me- as a means of evaluation or assessing or judging as a means of condemnation, here's the difference. It's your attitude. It's your purpose in the reason why you're reason- judging. Attitude, the heart matter. If you lack love, if you lack care, if you lack humility and you judge, that's what Jesus Christ is saying. Don't do that. How often do we judge other people with this intention? Oh, I'm doing it because I really love this person. I really care for this person. I really do it with humility because I also have parts of those problems. And I am judging this person outright or behind because I want to lift them up and encourage them to become a better person. How often do we do that? Or do we do something else? We think, we convince ourselves, right? We justify ourselves by saying, no, I judge that person because I really mean well for that person, but you're really not doing anything else to encourage this person. There is no love. There is no care. There is no humility. It's just finger pointing. And we end it at that. And yet, in our minds, we tell ourselves, no, it's because I really love them. Or some of us say, we're we're truth tellers and we're sticklers to truth. We say, but that's the truth. He did that, and that was wrong. Or she did that, that was wrong. So I'm going to stick to the truth. Okay, whether it's truth or not, that's what Jesus Christ is speaking against. You're still judging others without or lack of love, care, humility, and encouraging this relationship to grow. Happens all the time, not just outside of the church, in the church. This was a very difficult passage and sermon to prepare for me. Past two weeks, I don't know, it's, you know, you can come up with all kinds of excuses, lack of sleep, you're tired, or, you know, there's more demands as the summer's ending, and, and, you know, church life is busy, but, like, I don't know why. There's just spirit of condemnation or spirit of judgment. I feel like that was kind of poking me on the side. As I'm preparing, I'm like, oh, God, I really don't want to preach on this passage. In fact, to be honest, this was my second option (laughs) to preach on today. I had something else. I was going to preach on the false prophets, 
false teachers because that's not me. Right? But then I kept coming to this. It's like, ah, oh, why, God? You're, this is like a thorn on my side, God. Every time I'm having judgmental thoughts about somebody else, why isn't this person doing this? Why isn't she like that? You know, Why isn't Hannah like this? Why can't my kids be like this? I'm condemning and I'm judging. God's saying, you need to preach on this. You need to read your word, my word more. And you need to really live this out. And it was tough. Why? Because this is something we all do. We condemn with lack of love, care, and humility and desire to build up the relationship. Why does Jesus take this to be so important then? Why should we not judge harshly? Well, there are three main reasons that Christ speaks about here in this short passage. And let's look at those. Three solid reasons why we should be careful about judging others. Number one is a very practical consideration. It's because our judgment of others will lead to similar judgment in our own lives. Don't judge because you too will be judged is how he starts this passage. Notice what Jesus says right off the bat. Judge not that you be not judged. For with that judgment you judge, you too will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Jesus points out a life principle that we receive from others the same kind of treatment we give. Isn't that true? It's kind of that saying like, what goes around comes around. If you go around and judge other people around and you're very judgmental, you're at the tippy toe or at the end of your seat and you're always looking for somebody else's mistake, do you know what other people around you are thinking about you? They know. Although they might gossip with you, they know deep down in their hearts, this person, I can't share my honest feelings and thoughts. They'll keep their distance from you. Why? Because they know as soon as they reveal who they are, their brokenness, their imperfection, this person's going to judge me. How would I share? Because all this person does all the time is judge. And if that's us, reality is what you dish out is what you're going to be judged by. If you constantly judge your coworkers and constantly looking for the negative things that they're doing and you're never looking at the encouraging words, encouraging things that they're doing, you're not trying to care for them and love for them, then that's exactly how they're going to view you. Same thing in our marriages, right? If I'm constantly critical of Hannah, Hannah, why is this this way? Why are you this way? Oh my goodness, your family's so you know, messed up. Then that's how she's going to judge me. Right? When you point, they're going to point back at you. So number one reason why Jesus Christ says don't judge others harshly is because our judgment of others will lead to similar judgment, even more scary. God is saying, that's how I'm going to judge you. So be careful. Second reason why we should not judge others harshly is because you could be guilty of hypocrisy. When Christ gives this message about judging others, a lot of folks who are there, especially in the front row, I imagine, are the, the Pharisees, the church leaders. And he's speaking directly at them, making eye contact. Say, so you, I'm glad you're sitting here. You, you hypocrite. That's exactly what he says in verse 5. Hypocrite. Verse 3, we see why such judgmental people were guilty of hypocrisy. Jesus says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? The plank, the word dakos in Greek, you know what it is? It's a piece of like a wooden board that's about a foot or two long that is used to build boats. So picture this. 
you have this big plank sticking out of your eye, and you're going around like this, and you're saying, hey, you have a sawdust in your eye, and that's bad for you, so you should take that out, right? When you can't, you don't know that you have this huge plank coming out of your own eye. Saying, you hypocrite. How often do we do that? The irony of life is the things that we struggle with, things that we are sinful about are the things that we often see foremost in other people, right? The problems that I really struggle with are the problems that I see in other people and I criticize. I have this huge plank and I'm so focused on somebody's sawdust in their eyes, right? I picture that. I'm like, wow, that would be ridiculous. I mean, imagine if we all had to, as a church, for one week, just carry this wooden block around, I thought, as a reminder, dude, this thing's out of our eyes, and we need to physically see. Why? Because it's so difficult, because judging others, the heart matter is not visible in our eyes. We're not consciously aware of it all the time. It's internal. So when we don't see it, we think there's nothing wrong with it, and we just keep doing it. Not many people are going to come to you and be like, you hypocrite. Most likely, they're just going to avoid you if you judge people harshly day in and day out. It's a humorous hyperbole that Jesus uses to make a strong point, right? That this is unchristlike, unloving to live with critical spirit. Third reason and last is because our judgment is often prone to error. And this is almost assumed in the entire six, seven verses here. That we are not perfect. Here at New Mercy, our vision statement is this. We are church for the broken, called to restoration. So before we are called to restore, what comes first? We must acknowledge that we're broken. What does that mean? That means none of us are perfect. We all have problems. We try to hide them. Some of us are much better at than others. But reality is we're imperfect. Therefore, Jesus Christ is saying, don't judge others harshly. Why? Because not only are you going to be a hypocrite or sound like a hypocrite and push away other people, the judgment is often prone to error. Your judgment, your, assess, your, your critical mindset, the decision that you made about another person has error. Because we don't know everything. And because we are sinful just as other person. Jesus implies this truth about judgment here. So often people are blinded by their own sin. And they can't see well enough to judge others properly. We do not know all the facts. That's the truth. Here's a true story to illustrate this point. There was a rest stop on a highway. It was small. And there were a bunch of people gathered together. Because it was summertime and people were traveling in and out. And outside of the seating area where people are eating, dining, there's a woman who's holding this baby, and he's just wailing. This baby is just going at it and crying and crying and screaming. You know what happens when you're in a small space and babies cry like crazy? I mean, it pierces your ears, and you're like, please, someone stop this, right? So a man comes up to this woman and says, I've had it enough. Can you please quiet your baby And this woman turns around softly and says, oh, but this is not my baby. And this man quickly looks at what she's wearing 
and realizes that this woman, who's not the mother of this baby, is dressed all in black. So something catches him off guard and asks her again, so whose baby is this? And where is the mother or where is the father? So, well, this baby's parents just passed away and we're on our way to funeral. So they're in the coffin outside in the car. And this man, I mean, just think about what this man would have felt. Felt so bad that he asked to carry the baby walking around the rest stop. Is it really for the baby or is it really for himself? Probably both, but more the latter. But he knows how harsh he was in his judgment and he was wrong. Oftentimes we do, do, do these acts in our lives. We see the 20 seconds of somebody's action. We see one experience that we had with this person. We see one thing that this person did to me. And we say, condemn them. Evil doers. I judge you. And all we do from that point on is judge this person. Meaning we wait and we, re- we are ready to pounce on the mistake this person is ready to make. And as soon as he or she does, I'm the one that's spreading this all over fact is we shouldn't judge because we are very 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 prone to error and we don't have all the facts how often does that happen in our lives how judgmental are you in your life i want to invite all of us to bow your heads with me and just pray at this time i want to just ask us to pray a prayer of repentance doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm the worst person ever in life. No, but can we acknowledge that every one of us in here, including me, we judge others? Small or big, often or not, we judge. And Christ says, you want to live in kingdom ethics? Judge not, for you too will be judged. Judge not, because you're imperfect. Judge not. Because others will treat you differently. But most importantly, judge not. Because we were supposed to be condemned. We were supposed to be on the cross. And yet God says, I'm going to give you my only son, Jesus Christ, to suffer on your behalf and die on that cross on your behalf. So, who are you to judge others? And because of God's love, because of God's grace, we are not to judge. So long story short, it's a message that we all know. When we judge others, forget about us and them. It really is us forgetting about what Christ did for us in our personal, individual life how we are imperfect, how we deserve judgment, and yet He took that away for us. And if we truly are moved by that message of love, then moved by that message of grace, moved by that message of humility, then we would not be so critical of other people. So at this time, let us pray. If you've been critical of those around you, family members, your children, your co-workers, let's just spend the time to repent and bring this before the Lord. Let us pray.